nutrition, gut health, mental health, hormones, and so much more. These all play roles in sustainable weight management. So, I scoured the globe with top experts in fitness, health, and weight loss to bring to you this podcast. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. So welcome back to the Matter Over Mind Experience. I'm your host, Master Trainer and Weight Management Expert, Narado Zico Powell. And today I have another fellow podcaster for you, Rachel Smith. FDNP. Rachel helps people heal their autoimmune diseases and, I love this, right, mystery illnesses using functional labs and lifestyle changes. And by the way, after you listen to us talk, you're going to realize it's not as much of a mystery as you may think. And of course, with the rebanding, right, every episode, we have a hack towards the end. What's today's hack? Rachel, the expert, will explain what toxins are in our cosmetics. Stick around for that. My mother used to sell Mary Kay, and I believe there are over 140-something um, chemicals that are banned in Europe that are not banned in the United States. So ladies and men, if you wear makeup, not judging at all, you want to li- listen to this part and learn about toxins that can be in your cosmetics. And with that being said, Let's welcome Rachel to the show. Hey, Rachel, how you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm excited. Thank you for being here. I'm excited myself. I'm excited myself. With that being said, for one, tell my audience about your podcast. And two, tell us about yourself. Sure. So I run the Natural Health Rising podcast, and that is currently on Spotify and Apple Podcast. And that is about all things holistic health and functional medicine. So I have a really wide variety of doctors and health coaches and all the things in between. And so we always break things down to a really understandable level for everybody to take pieces away for their health and how they can really optimize their lives. So that's the podcast. And then about me. So I am a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, which is the FDNP that you said in the intro. And so basically I run functional medicine labs with my clients, and that helps us really look at the root causes of why people have symptoms and diseases. And so we kind of work backwards and we, we fix everything going on internally. And we do that through diet and lifestyle change and supplementation in order for them to heal. And I actually work online. So I have clients all over the United States and beyond, and we're able to do everything online that we need to. I just ship the labs out to everybody. Um, And I have been studying this stuff for about seven years and it is, I just absolutely love it. And um, I couldn't, I couldn't ask for anything better to do with my life. Same here, same here. And you know what? I, I often realize now that I never run out of content. Because there's Mm -hmm. always something out there that I have to study or a question I need to answer or something that becomes, hey, it's in the news this week, getting sleep can help you, could help to heal your gut. I'm like, oh, really? I 
apparently people are surprised by that. But anyway, <laughs> there's always something out there. Um, so it's very rewarding. And I definitely agree with you. And with that being said, I know you focus on autoimmunity, which I think is amazing. So mm-hmm. what motivated you to focus on autoimmune diseases? Well, I have an autoimmune disease myself. I have Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is one of the most common autoimmune disorders, which is where your body attacks your thyroid and your thyroid controls your metabolism. So it controls your heart rate, your body temperature, it controls your weight management and a lot of other things. And so mine is totally under control with the way that I've lived my life, but about seven years ago, I had no clue. I had an autoimmune disease and I was super sick. I had my hair falling out. I was cold all the time. I had digestive issues, extreme fatigue. Like I was in the time I was in school, I was sleeping through classes and I was just a complete wreck. And every single time I went to a conventional medicine doctor, they said that my lab work looked completely normal. And the reason they were saying that is because they just simply weren't looking at the right kinds of labs. And eventually once I finally found functional medicine, um, which is again, that's kind of what I practice today. They were able to diagnose me with the Hashimoto's. And then that's where I really got into all of this stuff and just went down a rabbit hole of nutrition and went back. I I literally quit my job in corporate America where I was working actually on the healthcare uh, administrative side, quit that, went back to school and wanted to dedicate my life to this because I wound up reversing my own Hashimoto's and I keep that in check with my lifestyle. And so it's just, it naturally fits, right? I know a lot about autoimmune diseases. I, I know from a firsthand experience. So that's why I work with the people that I do. I've worked with uh, so many health experts, uh, medical doctors as well, um, naturopathic doctors who say that the one, the, one of the biggest reasons why people have illnesses or continue to have illnesses is because we're looking at the wrong labs or we look at, well, it's not at this level, so you should be fine. Well, that, that, that doesn't do it for me, right? That, that, that doesn't do it for me. So I'm glad and I love the experience. That's amazing. It's similar to me with my asthma. I've been off my medications for the last three years. My eczema is all cleared up. Um, I don't even get freaking allergies anymore because my allergies was causing my asthma. So once I heal my gut and my allergies stop, then my asthma stopped, plain and simple. Um, I record my show. I do my work and I feel fantastic. And now all I focus on is is getting to that next level, is improving. I don't worry about trying. I don't even think about my asthma anymore unless I'm talking about it on the show or something like that. Mm -hmm. I focus on what can I do next to to slow down the aging process, to get stronger, to get faster, to operate, to have a clearer mind, to be at that next level. And it's fantastic to feel that way. And that's why... I have the matter over mind experience because I want people to experience what I experienced. And this is why I bring on fantastic people like Rachel Smith to the show. Now, this is going to sound like a silly question, but mystery illnesses, what do you mean by that? That's a good question. I think back to the story that I just told where essentially I kind of had a mystery illness for a point where I just kept getting misdiagnosed or undiagnosed for years while I was extremely sick. And so in that sense, I had a mystery illness at the time. I I did, I couldn't get a diagnosis and I was just totally sick. So really mystery illnesses are anything that just 
people can't get a diagnosis for. No one has been able to help them in any capacity. And they're just continuing to search for answers. Maybe they do truly have some sort of full-blown diagnosis that we could find. Maybe they don't have a full diagnosis if we were to look into it from a medical perspective, but either way, they have a lot of symptoms and there's nobody that is helping them there. There's no answer for them in that moment. And it's, if you work with the right people, it's not as much of a mystery as you think. Something that I've come to realize is that we have two ends of the spectrum. Usually we have the people who do doctors just don't know what's going on. Right. And they just kind of live with it until they can finally put it in a category. And then we have the other group of people who just take a med medicine for everything. They don't even know what they really have, but they keep taking more and more and more and just adds and adds and adds instead of actually figuring out what's actually happening. And the other thing too, is we're often compared to sick people. So you look at it, you're like, okay, you're comparing your level is normal, but so you're not necessarily considered that you have this or you're sick. However, normal doesn't necessarily mean good. Normal is overweight. Normal is insulin resistant. Normal is not is having low energy, not sleeping well. Those things are normal. So when the doctor even says to you, oh, you're normal, normal compared to what? Normal compared to Zico or normal compared to the average person over there? By the way, over 70% of Americans are overweight. That's normal. Do you want to be normal? Or do you want to actually be at that level where you can push yourself to function optimal? So again, thank you so much, Rachel, for uh, breaking that down for us. And with that being said, let's talk about root causes. What are some root causes of disease? Sure. Well, actually, I want to make a comment on what you just said. I don't know if people realize this, but the, de the definition of functional medicine and the difference between con those conventional markers that you're talking about when the doctor's saying you're normal and what we look at in functional medicine is conventional medicine is looking at a wide range and comparing you to the normal population. So just like you said, normal compared to who all the sick people, right? Whereas in functional medicine, we say, no, 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 that is not acceptable. What is the optimal range? And oftentimes we kind of squeeze the chart together and it's more tighter and more specific. And that is the range that's going to make you feel the best. So I just want to follow up on that because I think it's really important that people hear that word and they don't really know what it means. And so you could go to the doctor time and time again, and they're going to tell you your thyroid markers are normal, but you bring those exact same markers to me. And I'll probably tell you, you have hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's or something. So, uh, but yes, root causes of diseases. What are they? Well, there's a lot of them and normally it's not just one root cause, which I think a lot of people are always wondering. They always say, help me find the root cause. Well, the answer is there's not one thing that's causing all of your problems. Normally it's some sort of combination of these factors. So first of all, we have nutrient deficiencies. We need things like magnesium, copper, B vitamins, amino acids, all these different vitamins and minerals to actually make our neurotransmitters to have our cells function our organs function properly. And I like to think of the analogy of a car, right? So you need to put gasoline or electric nowadays into your car in order to make it work. So it's the same exact. And if, if you don't have that, it's not going to go anywhere, right? You just have a, a car to stare at. <laughs> so if we don't have all of those nutrients getting into our bodies or the gasoline getting into the car, it doesn't work. Now, nowadays our environment, the way that it's polluted and the, the things that we're using in our soil are making it harder for us to get nutrients. 
And also we just are making really poor food choices. And unfortunately, sometimes it's not our faults. It's really like big food media that's telling us to eat these processed foods, but it's, it's that combination of the soil, the environment, and these poor food choices that that's then causing us to actually lack that nutrient to get into our bodies. Then we have infections, which can cause any kinds of diseases and symptoms. Specifically, I always run gut tests on all of my clients. So we're looking for hidden viruses, parasites, bacterial overgrowth. These are all things that can contribute to disease, um, inflammatory foods. So things like seed oils, processed foods, sugar, gluten, um, allergens can affect people. Leaky gut is, is a big thing. I know I've, it sounds like you've had a lot of gut experiences, so you probably know what that is. And then we have environmental toxins, which are in our, our food, our household cleaning products in the air, we breathe the water, we drink, and even in the self-care products that we put on our skin. And we'll, we'll talk about that later. And then finally at the very, very bottom of the totem pole. Um, oh, and also stress and trauma. Sorry. I, I missed that one, but at the very bottom of the total pole is genetics. Mm -hmm. So it's actually, there's it's only about 10 to 30%. So there's a, there's a page on the CDC. I was looking at actually recently where they said only 10% of diseases are triggered by genetics and the rest is environmental causes. And then there's other varying statistics that are closer to 30%, but either way, 10 to 30% is so much less than most people think about. So it really is more of those other causes that I spoke of that are really going to trigger symptoms and diseases. I love that. And I want to put that in a nice bow. I'm not going to go through them one by one because I think you did an excellent job. But let's talk about the DNA, um, the genetics versus epigenetics piece. We, you, of course, you know what genetics are and you know what epigenetics are. Epi meaning above genetics, that's basically our lifestyle decision. Now, when we look at it scientifically, 90, um, for um, DNA, I think it's about 8% of it is really um, genetics, right? And for a lot of times, we thought, Hmm, that 92%, we considered it junk DNA. I'm sorry, for genetics or DNA, sorry. So for a long time, we thought 92%, that was just junk DNA. It's kind of out there. The 8% of her DNA, we thought was, was um, really what we need to focus on. But that 92% that we considered junk DNA, now that epigenetics, the quote unquote new scientists coming in, we're realizing that those decisions that we make actually impact that 8%. So that's why we're seeing more studies now to say, hmm, only about 10% or some say 15% or 20%, whatever number they put, it's, we, know, we know basically for a fact now that our lifestyle changes have a larger impact than just our genetics. Growing up in Jamaica, people used to say to me, I'm big boned, right? They say, I'm overweight because I'm big boned. I'm a, everybody in my family is big boned. I don't know if there's a, that's a scientific term, and I still don't know what the hell that means. But I always say to people, I don't care about your size of your bone. I'm just talking about the fat that's on your bone. That's what I'm worried about, right? That's just my little joke for it. But basically, long story short is, you, yes, your, anybody in your family may be overweight, but you probably eat around the same way, right? But if you take that one person in that same family who says, you know what, like myself, who say, you know what, I'm going to start to make lifestyle changes epigenetics. I'm the only person in my family who reverses asthma. I'm the only person in my family who eczema. My sister is still on medication for her eczema. She won't listen to me. She wants to do what she wants. Okay. That's her decision. 
she's on medication for that. I'm the only person in my family who don't have, not only person, but one of the few people in my family who don't have allergy problems, right? Because of those decisions. Now I can sit around and say, oh, everybody in my family has all these problems, but I didn't. And the reason why I'm saying this is not to praise myself, but it's to empower everybody else to understand that you have that same power as well. And even if you don't have certifications like Rachel or myself may have, you can work with someone who has these certifications who can help you not to be normal because normal is not is, is crap, but to be mm-hmm. optimal and function the way you should. And not just that, feel better on a day-to-day basis. So again, thank you so much. That was an excellent, excellent list, um, Rachel. And now this is going to take me into my one of my favorite questions to ask. I should never ask this particular question, but one of my favorite questions to ask you and I'm going to tell you why after you answer. Organ meats. Let's talk <laughs> about organ meats. Why should we eat organ meats? I would love to talk about organ meats. <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, let's think back to like 2.5 million years ago when our hominid ancestors were hunting and gathering and eating foods. They ate the entire animal, right? It's called eating nose to tail, which means they were eating the kidneys, the liver, the heart, the brain, cartilaginous cuts. And then of course, they're also eating the actual meaty portions of the stuff that we eat today, which is all most people eat. But when you eat nose to tail, this is how you're getting all the nutrients your body needs to survive. So I'll break down. I just want to break down like a couple comparisons of how much more nutritious organ meats are than plant products and different things. Um, because if we, we really would need to eat pounds and pounds of plants in order to even get the same nutrients from just a few ounces of organ meats. So let's use, let's use blueberries and organ meats to compare or like blueberries and liver. Um, because blueberries are considered a superfood and they are amazing. They have antioxidants, but when we get down to the nutrient level, maybe not as much of a superfood as we think. So if we took the same amount, so hundred grams of blueberries and hundred grams of liver, we're going to get about six milligrams of choline from the blueberries and 333 milligrams of choline from the liver. Now we need choline. It's essential for brain function. So if you want good memory, good, uh, moods for your neurotransmitters, you need choline. If we took that same amount of blueberries, that same amount of liver, we get about, we don't, we barely get any copper. It's like 0.05. If it's even in there in a blueberry, those blueberries, and then 9.8 milligrams of copper. So we need copper for energy production for metabolism, neurotransmitter production, iron metabolism and healthy immune system, tons of functions. And the crazy thing is that a lot of people are actually copper deficient nowadays. And this is because we're using commercialized fertilizers, which have certain, so they have nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium in them. And what happens is those fertilizers limit the plant's ability to uptake copper and magnesium. So we're not even getting the copper necessarily from plants like we used to, and we're spraying glyphosate on things. So glyphosate can also disrupt copper proteins in the body, which is, uh, pesticides for people who don't know what glyphosate is, but I'm sure you do. And so one, that's a huge reason why it's important to eat organic produce, but you do need the organ meats to really get a lot of these nutrients. And then the final, the final nutrient I'll talk about that I think is really important is vitamin K2. 
So you need vitamin K2 in order to push calcium back into your bones and in your teeth. So under stress and under normal bodily processes, we cycle calcium in and out of our bones and our teeth all the time, but we have to have vitamin K2 in order to put it back into your bones and teeth. There are literally no plant sources that have vitamin K2 except natto, which is fermented soybeans. And I guarantee that most people listening to this podcast are not eating fermented soybeans. And I'm not even a fan of soy at, at, at that level. So you have to consume things like liver, dark chicken meat, beef, eggs, uh, specifically the egg yolk. So if someone, for example, has osteoporosis, which is where your bones are lacking ample amounts of calcium and structure, then consuming organ meats is going to help you. Right. And I, and also a lot of people confuse vitamin K2 and vitamin K1. So vitamin K1 is found in plants, but it's used for blood coagulation. So not calcium utilization, right? So we need that K2. And again, that's, you can get a ton of that from organ meats. Um, and then of course they're, they're packed with B vitamins, uh, vitamin a lots of other nutrients, but I'm a super fan. I eat them every single week. And if you're going to make one major change to your health, that is something that I would recommend everybody try. You know, I just, from listening to what you just said, I just figured out something. The mm -hmm. reason why I'm smarter, stronger, <laughs> have more energy is because I eat organ meats. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. But no, but on a serious level, I do love eating organ meats. I remember uh, Sean Baker said a while back that if you're not, if you don't feel like a total badass in life, try the carnivore diet. Mm. And of course, being in a carnivore diet, meaning that you could also be a nose to tail eater. I was talking to someone the other day and I said to him, I love beef heart. That's what I'm making for uh, dinner tonight. And, and she said to me, you know, you sound crazy, right? <laughs> and I said, that's fine. Cause I'm not, again, I don't want to be normal. So I don't, I'm not going to eat normal. You can go ahead and have your burger and hot dogs or whatever you're doing over there and your pasta or whatever. I'm having my beef heart with vegetables over here and I'm, 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 I'm living my best life. So yes, mm -hmm. really and truly adding organ meats makes such a huge difference because of all the vitamins that's in it. If you look at, uh, and I think it was Sean Baker that also brought it up. He said, if you look at uh, an animal, like a lion kills an animal in the wild, they don't cut off the, uh, the legs and the breasts. They go right into the, 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 where the organs are. Mm -hmm. Even healthier nations all over the world, they eat organ meats. America is one of the few places that I've encountered where I talk to people about organ meats. They look at me like, like I have three heads or something. But most people, other places in the world, we, they know what those are. So thank you so much. And I love that breakdown. You just taught me some stuff as well. So thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for that. And with mm -hmm. that being said, we're going to get into the hack of the episode. The reason why I want you to stick around, because I want to talk about cosmetics a little bit. Mm -hmm. what toxins hide in our cosmetics? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, first of all, let's, let's talk about why this is important because first of all, your skin is your largest organ technically, and whatever you put on your skin goes straight into your bloodstream, right? If you, if you put lotion on your skin, where does the lotion go? Go straight into your bloodstream. Now, the chemicals that I'm going to talk about, these are called endocrine disruptors. And what that means, the endocr endocrine represents like hormones. So basically it means that these chemicals can mimic block or disrupt natural hormone production. 
Okay. So then obviously that throws off your natural hormone balance. So this can lead to just general hormone problems or even infertility, cancer, autoimmunity, a lot of different things. And I see a lot of people's estrogen levels out of balance. Um, if, it, if there's estrogen imbalance in a woman, maybe they have anxiety, depression, bloating, PMS problems, irregular periods, but then we're even seeing estrogen dominance in men, right? So these products and these chemicals, they, some of them actually look like the estrogen molecule and they're called xenoestrogens. So instead of your natural estrogen coming in, this xenoestrogen is coming in and adding to that or changing, changing everything else in your body. So it's going to naturally adjust those levels. So these products are in not just makeup. I mean, it's shampoo, it's conditioner, it's even your cleaning products in your house, whatever you're spraying in the air, it's in candles you're burning, it's in incense, all of those things. Um, and then of course the makeup too. And in the United States, we ban 11 hazardous ingredients and 30 uh, partially ban 30 harmful ingredients in the United nations or in the, I'm sorry, the European union, they ban 1400 chemicals. So our regulations in the United States are way looser and it's honestly really unfortunate that they really don't care about that level of our health. So some of the things that you will notice in a lot of products is one is phthalates, which I feel like people have caught on to this one. You might go to a store and it'll say phthalate free, um, on a shampoo bottle or something, but phthalates can cause thyroid diseases, obesity, reduce sperm count. But the, the thing here where they're getting around this is that they're putting the word fragrance on ingredients lists. And this can actually be an umbrella term for phthalates. So it's kind of like a loop around for people. So if you're ever looking at anything and it says fragrance on it, honestly, I would avoid it. And I would look for products that say it, if you're looking for something that smells good to look for something that's made with real pure essential oils instead of fragrances. So, so that's like, a really big um, one. So I mean, cut you off quick question. So like mm -hmm. colognes and stuff like that would be included in that category. It is. Yeah. It, that's a really big one. Um, after I go through this, I'll tell you a website everybody can go to, to kind of check their products out, but I don't even wear, I stopped wearing perfume. <sighs> I would say seven years ago because I was so sick that any, I mean, just smelling someone's perfume that was 20 feet away from me, I would get extremely sick. I was that sensitive at that point. Cause I had so many toxins in my body. Um, but what I do is I just make my own essential oil roller balls and sprays. So I'll take like a little spray bottle and I'll put water and alcohol in it. And then I'll add essential oil drops and I'll spray that on my body. Um, or I'll take an empty roller ball and then I'll add almond oil in it and I'll put drops in there and I'll roll that on my wrist and on my neck. So those are some natural ways you can do it. And honestly, it's a lot cheaper and safer than using perfumes and colognes. Yeah. Parabens is another one that's an endocrine disruptor as well. And that can affect fertility and reproductive organs and parabens have actually been found in the breast tissue of women with breast cancer. So these things do deposit in the body and then formaldehyde is another really big one. So formaldehyde is something that they use to extend the shelf life of beauty products. And this is a, this is a well-known carcinogen. So those are like the top three that I would say to look for. But the website I was talking about, I don't know if you've ever used this before, but it's the EWG's website, the Environmental Working Group. 
and they have a database called the skin deep database. And you can go on there. You can type in the name of your product. So if you, I always tell people go grab all of your makeup, your cleaning products, self-care products, lotion, shampoos, and sit down for like 30 minutes and type out each one on, on their website. And they'll have a rating for you and it'll be on a scale and you can see the green numbers are the safer ones. The yellow numbers are moderately hazardous. And the red is when it gets obviously really toxic. And then it even breaks down every single chemical and all the scientific research behind why it's hazardous to your health. So I say, go through that, look at your products, make a list of them, see where you're at on the toxin scale. And then if you're in a place where they're moderate or really bad, then go look up alternatives on their website. And so then you find the healthy stuff and then just make a game plan. Say, okay, when I run out of this shampoo, I'm going to just switch it to this next one so that you don't have to throw everything out at once so that it's cost effective. But over time, you can start to develop a really clean, safe amount of your, your makeup and shampoo and conditioner and everything else that you need. I had uh, Jen Hua from uh, Million Marker on here, I want to say about two months ago, and she explains, um, just about doesn't who didn't even listen to that episode, her company helps us help people to remove toxins from their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And um, she explained the difference between um, transient and persistent chemicals and mm-hmm. how persistent chemicals are harder to remove than transient chemicals. But transient chemicals, and I'm not, if you want to know what those are, I can go back and listen to that episode, everyone, um, can be removed within a couple of days just by making changes from your life. Persistent chemicals are more challenging. And mm-hmm. she explains that as well. So don't, don't, don't freak out and in, in, about, you know, don't, don't get start worrying. And like Rachel said, throw all your cosmetics away. There, there's hope. There is hope. You just have to visit the EWG website and start to make adjustments and some change is better than no change that's all i gotta say with that now exactly now do you have anything to add that we haven't asked or you want to discuss how much time do we have (laughs) Uh, as long as you want (laughs) um okay i mean there's always a few things i love to to talk about i think I think one thing that I always want to talk about, because just it's so prevalent now that nobody goes outside because we all work inside. And with all the stuff that happened with COVID, it just seems that we are so disconnected from nature and and just being outside in general. So get as much sunshine as possible. And in the US, it's summertime now. So most people should be able to go get the the vitamin D from the sun, because we do know in winter months, some states if you're above a certain degree, um, then you, you can't really get that vitamin D, but that is going to regulate your circadian rhythm. Um, I know you talk about metabolism and weight and everything on your show a lot. So this is going to regulate your metabolism and your circadian rhythm and so many other things. And don't go outside with all of your clothes on and sunscreen and sunglasses and a hat. Like you're not actually getting the vitamin D from the sun. We get 90% of our vitamin D from sunshine and only 10% from food. And it's always better to try and get things naturally versus supplementation, right? So this means you have to go outside without the sunscreen with as little clothing as possible and actually let the sunshine get into your eyes. So no, no sunglasses if possible for a little bit, maybe 10, 15 minutes. Or if you're somebody who burns easily, maybe you, maybe you have to put on the sunscreen quicker than somebody else does. So obviously I'm not telling you to go burn your skin or anything like that. Um, but we do need to get that. So 
get outside as often as possible. Um, getting early morning sunlight as soon as you wake up is also going to help reset your circadian rhythm and getting that, that sunshine exposure during midday and during sunset as well, because when we're inside all day and we have this blue light streaming into our eyes from our computer screens and our regular lights, what's happening is it's actually stimulating our cortisol production and telling us that we need to stay awake. So on an internal clock level, we literally have no clue what time of day it is. So you have to go outside to get that natural sunlight spectrum for your body to really make your hormones properly and to get proper sleep. And then as the sun goes down, you want to transition into wearing blue light blocking glasses or having, you know, Himalayan salt lamps and, and, um, more orange toned or, or softer tone lights in your house so that your sleep isn't disrupted. So that's a big one that I see a lot of people missing frequently. And I would also say for people to have more fun, <laughs> I think that, uh, well, when people, and also when people are sick or people are trying to make health changes, we get so focused and so stressed about what are we eating and, and how do we make these changes and taking the supplements that we forget that stress and self-care and stuff gets put on the back burner and it actually creates more disease and more illness in our body. So if you can let yourself have fun, be around people who you love, have a good time with them. You're going to naturally reduce your stress levels and finding people that you can surround yourself with who don't drain your energy. So if you're with people who bring you down, they don't support you, they drain your energy. You're, you really should look at that and take an a, assessment of the people in your life and start to distance yourself from them and start to align with people who truly lift you up. Because if you're hanging out with the energy vampires, then that's going to affect your entire health and your entire well-being. And this is something I had to learn the hard way over my entire journey of life, but, um, it's gotten better and better. And I just absolutely love my life now and the people that surround, surround me. And I just know that that also has impacted my healing journey a lot. So the two things that you mentioned so far is, uh, the sleep thing. That's huge. I have an article on uh, getting quality sleep. One of the things I do talk about is getting morning sunlight. Talk about mm -hmm. blue blockers. The sunset, I actually recently added that to my article because of the vibration and also the healing properties of getting red light. That's mm -hmm. why therapists are now using red light therapy or photobiomodulation in their practices. So mm -hmm. that's very important. If you can get the morning, the red light from the morning sun, that's great. Um, if you if you can, because not everybody's an early riser, if you can get the red light from the sunset, that's even awesome as well. I work with uh, it was Emily Cornelia. She's an insulin resistance specialist, and she mentioned that her cortisol was low in the mornings, and her doctor told her to get uh, red light in the mornings from the rising sun, which goes mm -hmm. to exactly what you're saying about picking up that cortisol naturally and resetting your circadian clock, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Dave, um, Doctor David Prologo, who was also on this show, has a book. Uh, the catching point. And he, one of the things he mentioned and about the fun part is our bodies will give us signals that is changing. Just listen and respond to it. Right. So instead of getting bogged down in, oh my God, what I got to eat to feel better, what I got to do to do this and get all stressed out, which is going to make you more sick in the long run, just make gradual changes. Mm -hmm. Listen to your body as you start to feel better. Like I've had clients said to me, you know what? I'm getting off the couch without any pain anymore or waking up in the morning and I feel better. Just those small incremental changes and listen to your body and just keep on that path. And I'm telling you, 
it's going to be a way better process. By the way, that's why I don't just talk about calories. I, I, I have my own war on calories versus calories out. Calories are important, but they're very small piece, very, very small piece of the picture, as you do know. But mm-hmm. um, with that being said, if you want to add anything else, feel free to do so. And also let my audience know how they can get in touch with you. Sure. Um, I do want to add something really quick. You just sparked my memory. Um, journal out your health journey. Like just as you said, uh, as you make these small incremental changes, I always tell people to write down what's been going on, what changes have you been making and how have you been feeling? Because we can progress six months from now and you think, oh man, I, I still feel the same. I am still having problems with X, Y, and Z. But if you really reflect our brains, we'll start to forget those things very, very easily. And we forget the amazing progress that we make on our journeys. So journal it, reflect on it, and you'll be surprised at all of the things that you've accomplished over time. And as far as where people can find me. So we talked about my podcast. If anybody wants to listen to that, the natural health rising podcast on Spotify and Apple, and I am all over social media. So my TikTok is really big. It is natural health rising. My Instagram is natural health rising. And my website is naturalhealthrising.com. So super easy for everybody to remember. You can find me on all social platforms that way. And um, if you want to reach out to me, I always respond to my messages on Instagram, or you can even hop on my website or Instagram and you can schedule a free health consultation with me. Perfect. And her website will be in the show notes. Um, I'm aiming this one to be zikahealth.com dash naturalhealthrising. You knew I was yes. going to go there. You knew I was going to go there. And yeah, <laughs> I went there. Zikahealth.com dash natural health rising. That's just a mouthful in itself. It but is. Thank, <laughs> thank you so much, Rachel, for being here. This was a fantastic episode. My audience is going to love it and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Thanks for joining the Matter Over Mind experience. If you got good content out of this or any of my shows, save, subscribe, and share it with anyone who needs this information. Remember, always take the scenic route 